The book of Matthew chapter 7, the book of Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. The book of Matthew uh, chapter 7 and verse 24 uh, uh, will we'll furnish the words of our text on today. The book of Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. Here's what Jesus writes or he reads or he speaks, I should say, to the people of God. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And, notice what the Bible says, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Would you say that with me? Founded. founded. Come on, say that with me. Founded, founded. On, the rock. on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine, notice this, and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sands. And the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. Oh, by the way, great was the fall. Great was the fall. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about this pandemic. We're still remembering all of the challenges, visuals, reminders, particularly this last few weeks of where our nation has been the last 12 months. The social injustices, the uh, unrest, we're reminded this week again that there's racial hatred. We're praying with our Asian uh, brothers and sisters and there's no room for hate, period. And it is just a constant reminder, particularly as people of color, that these are things that we endure. You take the combination, you take all of the uh, uh, concoctions and all of the comprehensiveness of things we've experienced, and yet there's still fears, phobias. We're not even talking about financial jobs, businesses, and the like. I want to take a step further in, as a pastor and say this. I'm concerned about the lethargic and the lazy mentality that has swept through the body of Christ. Not just our church, but there are a lot of churches that are at the, the boiler house trying to rethink how they're gonna regrow ministry. People have gotten comfortable and lazy, casual, and lethargic. And lastly, you take all of these things and you combine them in this season, two weeks before Resurrection Sunday, what is the church to do? Amen. What is the church to do? And you know, as we were reviewing, as I was reviewing our lesson today, uh, rebuilding stronger relationships and just, uh, like you said, the lethargicness, the laziness, uh, attitude towards the things of God, of people in the church. You know, God allows these seasons because he really wants to see where we are. You know, he said he sent us through the wilderness to see where our hearts was with him, but to do us good in the end. He sent us through these seasons to see where our hearts really are. And I have two questions for you today. You know, what has been your biggest challenge in this mm. season? What has been your biggest challenge in this season? My second question is, has God blessed you to receive a word to get you through this, this, this season? Have God blessed you to hear a word to get you through, to help you through this season? Because Pastor Steve, as I reflect, sometimes the things that we went through on yesterday, it does hinder our, our today. Even before the pandemic, 
We went through a trial, we went through a test, and we thought we were together. We thought we had it all together. And then the blew and mm -hmm. the storms came, and we didn't fall, but we just wasn't as built as strong as we thought we were. And so we kind of draw back, and we become that lethargic, that kind of lazy person, and not going forth uh, how God wants us to. But again, what has your biggest challenge been? Have you had an opportunity to share your faith? Have you, have you had an opportunity to give your story of just how God has brought you through this season? I don't know about you, but I just search within because you can only control yourself, right? We can only control ourselves. I look within and I'm like, God, you know what? I want to be even more effective in sharing this great gospel. I want to be even more effective, amen? Not with the familiar people, but with strangers, right? Just going up to them as the Holy Spirit leads me and saying, you know, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Just like we used to, all the time. But again, what's been your biggest challenge? And then what word has just kept you moving forward in this season? As you say that, I thought about the fact, and you just took the words out of my mouth. These are the things we used to do. Yes. And we no longer do them. Witnessing, soul winning, sharing our faith. And I'm not talking about because someone sees this big Jesus t-shirt you're wearing. But the fact that you intentionally went out to sow seed, to see seed water, God gives the increase. And, and that was before the pandemic. That was before, quote, unquote, social distancing. Now, think about with me for a moment. That is going to be the challenge. And, and let's take the word church out of this for a moment. Not just for church. This is going to be the challenge for Christendom. How do we share our faith? How do we purposely, intentionally see our family members come to know the Lord? Right? Nobody wants their children to go to hell. Do you hear me? Nobody wants their grandchildren to miss heaven. Now listen, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a post as I'm teaching. Because these are things that were used to have been said and folk would be like, yeah, amen, praise the Lord. Do we even believe there's a hell? Do we even believe that you can miss heaven? Talk about it. Talk so, about so one of the things we're going to talk about today is 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 the rock, the foundation, and yes. the word yes. of God. Pastor Dumasani in Washington, who was with us a couple of weeks ago on one of our Zooms with the men, and we talked about black Hebrewism, and, 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 and the first thing he said was, we are a generation that has gotten away from the word of God. I mean, I could have shouted and danced and turned a car flip and blew a bubble at the same time when I heard him say that, because the truth is, we had a struggle with the word in church five times a week, right? <laughs> We had problems with the word, with a word conference, a faith conference, a convocation, a district meeting, this meeting, this revival, that revival. How much more now? And so a lot of the day is going to go back, not to our feelings, not to your opinion, not to what they're saying on social media, but what does the word say? What does the word say? Okay, so Built to Last, this whole series was really designed to really encourage you to be built and strengthened to last the difference. Today is a different emphasis. Today there's a different emphasis because we can go all day long about what model marriage, mm -hmm. model parenting, model singles. We, we, we've done that for 20 something years. We, get, we can do that in our sleep. But here's the real question. How do you rebuild after failure? That's right. How do you rebuild in the midst of a premature death of a very close loved one? How do you rebuild after hurt, betrayal, friendships lost? Talk about it. And we're looking at every aspect of relationships. So if you think for a moment you're going to have this dissect pastor Sister Stevens' marriage one-on-one -on -one class, no, no. We're looking at every aspect. 
of relationships, not just marriage, but what about you and your siblings? Some of you all have siblings you've not spoken to in years. Talk about it. You holding a grudge, they holding a grudge. Let somebody go to the hospital and I see you, now everybody got to be religious and try to be real spiritual. Some of you got situations going on with sons and daughters. We're not talking about strangers. We're talking about blood, flesh, and your own family. And there's friction, there's issues. And so we're going to look at this from a, from a broad view, and we really want to encourage you. Let me say a couple of things, Pastor. I'm going to throw back in your court. Here's an opening thought. Now, now, first of all, you asked two questions. Those two questions again. What has been your biggest challenge in this season? Has God blessed you to hear a word to get you through? All right. Because we're in a teaching ap atmosphere, why don't you take a moment, if you can, write those two questions down, okay? My prayer these past, my hope these past and pray these past few days is, I don't want this to be a sermon. No. I want you to go home going somewhere. Mm -hmm. You have to go home today with something you can go home with. So that first question again. What has been your biggest challenge in this season? Stop right there. Would you take a moment and ask yourself the question, what has been my biggest challenge in this season? What has been my weight, my hurdle, my disappointment, my hurt challenge in this season? And then question number two. What word has God allowed you to hear to get you through this season? Has there been a word that God has, has allowed you to hear to get you through this season? All right. So because we're looking at rebuilding, understand this next quote. Number one, God is in the business of building lives and relationships okay God is in the business of building lives and relationships but listen also God is also in the business of rebuilding lives yeah. and rebuilding relationships okay I know you have your mask on I'm not gonna ask you to say too much but you got to understand where we're at today you have to know that the same God who builds on the rock is the same God who can rebuild on the Word of God you're gonna hear me make a statement that they say in sports all the time is not one to lose it's one to learn you may have not got it the first time around, but you can learn on God's rock of the truth this time around. What do we know about God? He's a builder. We see him in the Old Testament with Nehemiah as he rebuilds the wall. We see him with Jeremiah as that the potter is at the potter's wheel rebuilding uh, 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 something that has been marred, a vessel that has been ruined. We see him in Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones. Somewhere or another, bones came back together and a body was built. Let's flip to, quick to the New Testament. What do we know about Jesus? Well, we know that he was a son of a carpenter, right? Most times, if you were a son of a carpenter, you were a carpenter yourselves. So it would not have been strange to see Jesus as a carpenter in his earthly human lifestyle uh, on the earth, right? So what does that tell you and I? Jesus is, not was, but today, he is the master builder. If anyone can rebuild your marriage, it's the Lord. If anyone can rebuild a relationship between a father and a son is the Lord. If anyone can fusion and rebuild a relationship between two church members, it's going to be the word of God and it'll be the Lord Jesus, not was, but he is the master builder. He's the master builder. First Corinthians chapter three, verse 10 reads, first Corinthians chapter three, verse 10 reads, I can find, amen. Um, according to the grace of God, which is given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds mm -hmm. on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. In other words, how you build on the foundation God has given you, your life. Take heed how you build on it. And that's 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. 
For no other foundation can anyone lay than which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which has been built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet by fire. Amen. Again, as you mentioned, Jesus is the master builder. He, give us, uh, he gives us authority. and He said we can build also, as Paul spoke of in, in uh, 1 Corinthians. So God gives us this opportunity. He said we have to watch how we build on this foundation. How are we building on this foundation? What is this building? Our lives. What is this building? The opportunities God gives us daily uh, to, make, to influence, uh, make an influence in our lives, to make an impact in our lives. And I want to say this because even as you were sharing, so many times when we have to rebuild, we miss out on opportunities or we feel we miss opportunities. We may go through in our marriage. We may go through, you know, on our jobs. We may get fired from our jobs. But how many people in this season, you may have lost a job, but you started a business, right? How many of you all, you all have gone through in your marriage, but you may have gone through, but now your marriage is stronger? Or you may have, may have to walk away from it, but yet you may have gotten somebody better. Amen? <laughs> you understand? But to rebuild, he said, watch how you build on that foundation. So God gives us, us an opportunity. And he said, it's going to be tried by fire. Can anybody uh, say today that this season has been a season of fire for you? It's been a season of increase. Some of you all have written books. I'm looking at Sister Kim, amen. And some of you all have written books. You started businesses in this season. But guess what? Some of you all and most of us, even though you had the good, you've had the fire also in this season, the challenges. But guess what? Even though some things may be burned, God said, you're still going to be saved, yet by fire. Amen. You may, you're going to be saved, yet by fire. So when we look at being built, Again, the emphasis being rebuilt. Yes. And, I, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm willing to concede and say this. When you think about rebuilding relationships, yeah, I, I would imagine 80% of that is probably a marriage. But some of you all have, have lost loved ones. Yes. You've lost a spouse. Mm -hmm. Can I love again? Mm -hmm. Can I be loved again? Can God rebuild the trust, rebuild the honor, rebuild the, the foundation to be available to be married again? Um, you lost a child. You lost a parent way too soon. Is there any room to rebuild our confidence in God? Because this, this I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that we're connecting somewhere in all of this. When you've been let down, when you've been hurt, it's hard to rebuild the trust, to rebuild the, 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 the you know, the expectance that God can do something great. And maybe we have some young people in the room and you've not been through a divorce, you've not been through loss, you've not been through pretty much anything, but keep living. Yes. There's going to come a time when your BFF, that's what they call BF, B, BFF, BBF, whatever, best friend for life, whatever. All right, it's going to come a time somebody is going to discourage you. Yes. And you're going to be in despair. Some school is going to say no. Some, some, some opportunity, some job is going to offer and renege. Something's going to happen. And you need to know that God is in the rebuilding business. I want to go to Matthew chapter 7 real quick. As we go to the word of God, yes. um, there was something that, uh, oh my gosh, um, Brother Carr, 
Good to see you, Brother Carr, somewhere. Maybe he's not. I don't know. I thought he was here. But anyway, there was something Brother Carr said about a month and a half or so ago. And he, and he talked about the difference online one Thursday night about re renovating, repairing, and rebuilding. Right? Some of us, you're looking for God to renovate your relationships. God's not in the business of renovating relationships. All right? When you renovate something... You take a little bit out, add a little bit more, you embellish the loss, you embellish here, add a little bit there, and hopefully it, it, it matches, right? When you repair something, yes, he's a mender of broken hearts. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the institutions of our kingdom relationships, God wants to rebuild. And sometimes he rebuilds from the places of where it hurts the most. So when you look back at what Jesus says, and I think that's most important today, what is Jesus saying? Let's go back to Matthew chapter 7, and, and notice what the scriptures say. I want to read again uh, uh, Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken to him as a wise man who builds a house on the rock. Now, I want to compare two things. Obviously, Jesus gives us a comparison and a contrast between a wise man and a foolish man. What do they have in common? Number one, they both heard the word of God yes. right they both heard the word of God so far so good we all hear the word of God but here comes the challenge the blessing and the wisdom was those who did something with what they heard now that's going to be the major separator in the room some of you all will hear and do something about it today so others will hear and, and we'll be having for dinner tonight who, who, who who's in the tournament still you know why you heard but you didn't do anything. I won't have time to go to James chapter 1, but just write down James 1.22. Just write it down. In fact, James 1.22. But he, no, uh, no, 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 no. James 1.22. Just if you write it down, oh, my God, but doers of the word. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. Okay? Because at the end of the day, you're only really fooling yourself. You're only deceiving yourself. It all also reminds me of, uh, was it Hebrews? I want to say Hebrews 4, 1 and 2 maybe. Um, I'll, I'll get that scripture in a moment. But the Bible talks about those who heard the word and those who had faith. But those who heard the word, here it is, here it is. I'm sorry, Hebrews 4 and 2. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them uh, because it was not mixed with faith. For those who heard it, here we go again. You're hearing the word, Hebrews 4 and 2, but if you're not willing to add a little faith, this stuff right here is in vain. Amen. It's going to go through one end or the other. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to get online and complain about the word. And complain about your church. And complain about man's organized religion. It ain't got nothing to do with man's religion, nor the church, nor the denomination. It had all to do with you. Yeah. And your disobedience of having faith or your disobedience with applying what you heard on Sunday. Everybody okay so far? Pastor Aaron, you want to help me out? Because I'm, I'm in a vein now. I'm telling you. Everybody okay? So not only be hearers, yeah. but come on, help me out. Someone say, be doers. Doers, doers of the doers. word of God. As, as you were talking, Pastor Stevens, I couldn't help but my mind went back to us having to rebuild. After 28 and a half years of marriage, I mean, because nothing drives a home like our own story, our own sure. testimony. Um, and, and I think about the word when it says, um, not just hearers of the word, but doers. How, how many of us, you hear the word, you come to church day in and day out, and you feel like, you know, I can't be shaken. I can't go through anything. 
But yet, life happens, temptations happen, we fall, we fail. How do you rebuild? How do you rebuild? How do you get up and go on? Because we talked about the job, we talked, I mean, like you said, people have lost uh, loved ones in the city. I lost my sister who was my best friend four months ago, right? I just have my moments. I'm like, am I going through menopause or whatever? Because why am I so low? Oh, I'm grieving. <laughs> I'm grieving. Um, it's just because I'm the feel, what I feel, I've never felt that way before, and it's a different thing. So I've lost a loved one. I, my husband and I, in 28 and a half years, we've gone through some serious things about our marriage. So how do you rebuild? How do you move forward? I said, God, because I'm in your word, and, I, and I've stood on your word, that's how you go through those storms. Those that's how you go through those moments of like, what in the world? Why? You know, we were faithful to God. We met in college. This was my best friend. This was my BFF in college, right? This was my friend. We talked about other relationships. We sat down. We laughed. I mean, we just had a wonderful time. I remember the first Valentine's Day, he got me a big balloon with a bear in it and a um, card and candy. Yeah, and sitting in my dorm lounge. He never came in my room. But uh, anyway, you know, he was my BFF. But I, I, make, I want to lay this foundation because so you get married to your friend. That's why it's major important to marry your yeah. best friend, right? When we said that's your foundation, make sure how you build is major important to marry your, marry your friend. Because if you marry somebody you really don't know, when the storms rage and like the scripture says and yeah. beat on that foundation, it may fall because you don't even know who you're connected to. You don't even know who you're connected to. So I know the challenges we've gone through in our marriage, it's because the foundation we lay. Two Christian young people in college, loving God, and then we fell in love with each other. Then you get married, you start a church, you didn't expect to start a church. You weren't even a pastor when I met you. He wasn't even a minister when I met him, okay? He was a Christian, praise God. And then all this happened, then you, you're challenged in your relationship. How do you rebuild? When Christ is that solid foundation, when you do it the God way, you can rebound. Yeah. You can rebound because you have the Holy Spirit of God to lead you to, and, and show you how to rebuild. Do I rebuild or do I move on? Guide me, Holy Spirit. And a lot of times, we're not led by the Holy Spirit. We'll shift and leave. When God said, I didn't tell you to leave. I want you to stay. Well, I have to save faith. I can't go through this. I don't deserve this. No, what does God want you to do? So when we say building, I mean, y'all want the real or y'all just want fake, you know, I, I don't know. What, what do you want here? When we say rebuilding, it's so many areas of our lives, but it has to be, the word of God has to be your foundation. Wise counsel has to be also your guide, but it, it challenges you in your walk, just like this season of COVID. It challenges us. We, we have people that have not been to service this whole season. I mean, this church sees 2,800 people. 2,800, you can be in that back corner up in the balcony, right? Nobody's gonna touch you. You're not, if somebody sneezes on the floor, they're not gonna, that sneeze's not gonna get you in that corner, right? It's not gonna get you. But we let fear grip us. But it doesn't stop them going to the restaurant for hour and a half. Of course not, grocery store, Walmart, everywhere. <laughs> I wanna say this, I, I'm looking at people here today and it just took me down memory lane. I remember being there with someone who went through a very painful divorce. And my mind would be like, I don't know how they could have made that. I remember doing funerals when you lost a child. Yes. And I would say, I don't know how in the world. I don't know. Some of you all had to bury a spouse. Mm -hmm. And I'm strong enough to do the funeral. But the reality is, I don't know how in the world that person went through that. So as my wife lays out to every one of us in this room, 
If you didn't have the word of God as your foundation, you wouldn't be nodding your head saying amen right now. If the word wasn't your everything. Everything. I'm just, some of y'all look at me and us and say, I don't know how they made it through. I'm looking at you saying, I don't know how y'all made it through. One thing we can agree together is that when the word of God and the hope is not in man, not in an institution, not in people, but when the hope is in Jesus, the word, I want to go back to Matthew 7 for a moment. People heard the word, but they didn't do anything about it. Therefore, their house was built on sand. Now, I read read a very interesting commentary. It's not that they were being, it it wasn't that they're being stubborn or hard-headed. The fact that they didn't know and they didn't take heed. So that lets you and I know that we as Christians, we as caretakers, we have a responsibility to help our family, help our friends, help our neighbors, help our coworkers, and give them the word of God because they are going through something. And if you would quit being so selfish, so self-centered, and say, hey, here's a scripture I can share with you. You know, here's something I went through we can share with you. This is what this whole thing is all about. We don't want to see anyone else build their homes, their jobs, their careers, their relationships on a house on sand. Because one thing's for sure, there will be some rain, there will be some wind, and there will be some storms. It's going to happen to both. God, the Bible says, rains on the just and the unjust. But because of your footed foundation in the word, right, you can withstand and make it through those storms of life. Sharon Pastor, hit number two about marriage and relationships. All right. Marriage and relationships should be seen as a total rebuild versus renovation and repair. I think you have hit mm-hmm. on that before. Um, hit number three then. <laughs> did you get to say the, what the foolish person built on? Go ahead. Listen? Take it. Okay. Um, and I know we read verse 26, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and mm-hmm. does not do them would be like a foolish person. Who's the foolish person who built his house on the sand? What's the sand? We'll get to the sand. It said the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell. But what is the sand? Sand is, you know, you, you're foolish enough to listen to other people's opinion about you. You're going mm-hmm. through your marriage. Now, they've been, never been married. But they, you're trying to let them tell you what to do, right? So you walk out your marriage, and you see them with your husband a few months now or some years. What? But I'm just saying, people's opinion. We let people's opinion uh, get us out of the will of God, cause us, from, uh, cause us not to obey the word of God, right? People's opinion. God wants you to soar, but you let the, the peasants pull you down. You let the crabs pull you down. You want to soar, but when you get in certain crowds of people, they talking negative. Oh, the white man doing this to me. The, the, the black white man, the white man. That, what? Man, ain't nobody hindering you but yourself. Get it together, right? People's opinion. Your feelings and emotions. And like you said, Pastor Stevens, uh, you know, I don't, we should witness, we should share our faith. I don't know. It's not because some of them don't want to. We just live in fear. I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't know. Well, tell them what God did for you. For you. The Bible says they overcame mm-hmm. by the blood of the Lamb and the words of their testimony. What did he do for you? If you can't articulate not one scripture, he, did he do anything for you? Did, were you in darkness and he brought you to the light? Do you know what darkness looked like? Do you remember where you were? Do you remember when you wanted to take your life? Do you remember True. when you felt by yourself? Do you remember when you had no hope? Do you remember? 
Sometimes we forget where God brought us from. Do you remember that when you didn't feel worthy of to be loved, you went from man to man, bed to bed, pillar to post. Do you remember? So our feelings and our emotions, we let our emotions get the best of us. What does the word of God say? Not what you think, but what does the word of God say? We've been through some challenges these past few days. I'm like, Father, and guess what? Before, and I told the women on, on Friday in our prayer time at 6.30, what a powerful time. I said, I said, you all, we're going to leave this prayer, and we're not going to say what our flesh tells us to say or what our minds tell us to say, nor our, nor our emotions, but we're going to speak the word. We're going to be conscious of what comes out of our mouth, and I'm just grateful for being conscious of what comes out of my sure. mouth, working on it all the time. That's a, a, a daily, minute, second habit, but we can't be yoked by feelings and emotions, and the sin is also, again, fears and phobias. What, what, what do you fear? What do you fear? Do you have a fear of anything that you're going through that God cannot deliver you from, that God cannot bring you out of? No matter what you've gone through, God can carry you through that. Has anybody, has God brought anybody through anything in this house this morning? If he did that for you then, why can't he do it for you now? That's right. That's God right. has blessed you. You utter stuff in your heart and God answered gave you the desires of your heart. You didn't even speak it out your mouth. You just said it in your heart. He said, if you delight in me, I give you the desires of your heart. He gave you your heart desires. You didn't have to utter it. He, he, he hurt your heart. So um, the, the house is built on sand. The foundation is on sand. It's people's opinion. Your feelings and your emotions and your fears and your feelings. You mentioned something about going through. This week has been a challenging week. You talked about the word of God being foundation, but then you also talked about friendship being yes. also a very strong part. Yes. So the things that we now face, the challenges that we now face, knowing that we can face them together, Yes. Again, again, we're, we're just being sort of an open book today as we're dealing with business decisions, yes. as we're dealing with family decisions, parenting decisions. You know, uh, like most of you all, we've had to really stretch ourselves um, and look, stretch ourselves more ways than once to make sure we're, we're there. Amen. And sometimes it goes beyond just, quote, unquote, family. Now we got to make sure we're there for others who are going through some, some, some times. Oh, by the way, don't forget pastoring. Oh, by the way, don't forget you're working with this group or that group. And so... Right. The difference, and this is me, my, my personal part, right. the difference now is instead of my challenges and her challenges and somehow we're going to find some time to work these out together, now we're together. And now we're able to walk against and fight together against yes. the challenges that Amen. we deal with, the Amen. word and as, 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 in, in friendship. And that's why we're talking about built yes. or rebuilding relationships. Yes. Amen. All right. All right. We're going to switch gears here. How do you, how do you, and, 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 and we never like to take time to identify all these big problems but not leave you with something you can take home. So the question we're going to turn and ask the question, how do you rebuild strong relationships? Mm -hmm. Again, we can use the word build. I choose to use the word rebuild yes. for this Sunday's morning's message. How, Pastor Stevens, do I rebuild a relationship? How do I build or rebuild a stronger, stronger. relationship? Okay. Three words come to mind under number one that starts with the word of God. We spent time dealing with the word of God. Your foundation must be established on the word. Three characteristics about the word of God. Number one is truth, is trust, is transparency. And those are three words that will probably challenge you these next few minutes. Truth, trust, and transparency. You know, uh, you're going to have to be truthful to yourself. Yes. You cannot, you cannot expect God or the word to move on your behalf and you've not been honest with where you're at right now. 
Uh, let me talk to the men just for a moment, brothers. Um, like you, I know what it's like to be in a car and, uh, you know, my wife and I were going somewhere and uh, we keep kind of going around the same circle, uh, keep going around the same Wendy's, uh, uh, there's that same red barn again. And the truth of the matter is you're lost, but most men are testosterone and our bravado says, I ain't lost, I'm just taking a long way around. I, I know where we're at, right? Uh, 45 minutes later, there's that same red barn again. Uh, uh, there's that same Wendy's again. Well, the truth of the matter is, maybe I, my GPS did not work and we ain't got no map. And yes, I am lost. But she's been trying to tell you that for the last hour and a half, right? So the truth of the matter is, um, uh, be honest. Just be truthful. All right? I don't know where I'm at. Because the first question you're going to be asked is, where are you? Are you with me? If someone is lost on their journey or on their path, the person that's going to help you, the first question they're going to ask you is, okay, cool, tell me where you're at. We have a hard time telling people where we're at. You know, you talked about uh, books and all that. What about podcasting? Now, some of y'all that did podcasts, I've got a podcast coming, uh, Mental Health for Pentecostals and Charismatics. Mental Health for Charismatics and Pentecostals. Can't wait to get that one out next week. Because we have a tendency to be super Christians. Super spiritual, super deep. We're highly blessed and favored of the Lord, and we're great. And the truth of the matter is, you're not great. You may be blessed by the Lord, but right now you are in Lodibar. You are in the pits and the cave. And ain't nobody going to help you until you tell somebody, here's where we're at. As marriages, oh, look at Ken and Barbie. Oh, look how beautiful they are. Oh, look how awesome they are. Look at their Facebook posts. Look at their Instagram child. Look at their TikTok. Look at all of this. But behind all that stuff, there's a couple at home calling divorce attorneys. Goodness. And it's amazing. On that note, I was reminded couples over the years that we've really admired. I mean, I literally was like, Lord, they don't argue. I'm up there telling all my stuff, and they're just sitting there, yes, I understand, I pray with you. Are not married today. Are not married today. And I asked the question, I said, Lord, well, why, they, why wouldn't they talk to me? I mean, I'm trying to be transparent. I'm trying to be open. But they weren't, they weren't walking in truth. They weren't, they weren't willing to just expose themselves, right? and just share their hearts. Because the Bible says there's safety in the multitude of counsel. When you're able to talk to somebody about where you are, you're healing. You're starting your healing process. But when you hold things in like you've never been through anything, everything is okay. Listen, I mean, in Christ, in Him we live and move and have our being. Without Christ, we're nothing. We forget that we're in this, we're in earthen vessels. We're in earthly vessels that the excellency and the power may be of God and not of us. It, it's God, he's great in us. You're not the wonder, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, but he's the wonder. So it's okay to show your weaknesses as Pastor Stevens communicated. But it, you just draw my memory, those couples yeah. that I just admired and sure. we're talking to. And we all they, see people like that. We all know people like that. We're honest and, yeah. you know, just where they were and they're not even married. And again, not just marriages, but how many times have we seen men who, oh, they're just dad of the year award. Every time you look at them, they just, on somebody's cover, somebody's magazine, dad of the year, dad of the year, only until the children started talking. Yes. Right? And then you're like sitting back like, whoa. So we have a tendency to have this real big facade. facade. Yes. But the reality is, what's happening at home and where are you at? So again, three things, three things. Number one, it starts with the word of God. How do I rebuild? Now again, my wife asked the question early on in the message, 
What's going on in your world right now? Yes, what, is your, what are your challenges? Yes. What's the one thing yes. that you want to really see yes. God do something? Yes. Question has to be asked twice. Where are you right now? What's going on in your world? And so number one, to remedy this is you have to keep the word of God first. In other words, it starts with the word of God, truth, trust, and transparency. Yes. Number two. You must have faith to forget the past and faith to move forward, right? Faith to forget the past. The Bible says forgetting those things which are behind and moving forward to those things which are before us. And, and, and as we look at rebuilding, it starts with, uh, again, number one, not, not, just, not only forgetting, but forgiving. Because sometimes it's hard to forget, right? It's hard to forget. But you at least you got to learn how to forgive. You got to learn how to forgive. And um, Mark chapter 11, verse 25 reads, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So it takes faith to move forward, to rebuild. Okay, so we forgive, and then we say, Lord, help me to forget. And then we have to forsake right we have to forsake like god help me to forsake some things in order to rebuild sometimes you have to leave crowds and people that used to hang around true to live for god how many of you all had to walk away from some close relationships when you really committed your life to god any of you all well whether you left that relationship or some people drop you off they, they kind of left you you saw people leave you i don't know about you but i have people kind of leave me because, I mean, man, you talk about Jesus too much, you know. Well, dog, I'm living in a, a, a darkness, you know, a family of just uh, dysfunction. And guess what? When I became a Christian, I was so glad to see light. So I was excited to talk about Jesus, right? I was excited. So some of mine fell off. But um, you may have to forsake some people. You may have to cut some people off. You're trying to build a relationship. Some of you, men, I want to say this to you. You're around some guys, and, and, and some of you all are single. And, and you know, you want a strong relationship one day. You can't be around guys that always, uh, all they want to do is sleep around. All they want to do is one night stand. They don't want to live the word of God, right? You have to forsake some things. If you want to live holy before God, you have to forsake some things. So also getting to married men. You're married and all of your friends, you know, have that chick on the side. All of them are hanging out. All of them got that, you know, that other lady. And, and here's some stats, Pastor Stevens, I, I read um, uh, the other day. It said one in two men uh, have extramarital affairs. One in two. One in four women. I said, wow. And this is like years ago. This is not even current. Right? So forsake. Forsake, that's one about forsaking all other. I commit myself to you. Isn't that one of our mm -hmm. marriage vows? It's been 20 mm -hmm. and a half, 28 and a half years, so. <laughs> um, but you have to forsake some things. And then focusing on making something better one day at a time. Focus on making things better one day at a time. Don't say, look down the road. Let's just focus on the day. day. Now faith. God, give me faith to make it work right now. I can't look to next week. Let me focus on now. So again, we have, you have to forsake some things. You have to will, be willing to forget some things, and then you really have to forgive. Why? Because you want God to forgive you. And we're going to talk a moment. We're going to close out in a minute, and forgiveness is really going to be the, the closing conversation. Mm -hmm. Because in our world today, forgiveness is going to be that thing. That's, that, that's, that's the line in the sand. Yes. And for many of us, that's going to be the hardest part of everything you hear today yes. is, do I have the courage? Can I find the conviction to forgive? Whatever that relationship whatever looks like, relationship. whatever dynamic it comes from, 
Can I forgive? I want to talk just for a moment for those that are online. Three words that, that, that come to mind with point number three. You must employ time, practice, and patience. This is where it gets practical. Number one, again, we make the word of God foundational. We have to take everything to the word of God. Number two, you have to have faith to forget the past and faith to move forward in the future. But number three, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is why I want to draw every one of you all in and take a deep introspective look at who you are, where you're at, and what are you trying to accomplish here? Because there are three words that we want to use. Number one, restore. Number two, reconcile. Number three, reinforce. All that comes into practice as you practice. For those that are online this morning, as you think about uh, building or rebuilding a stronger relationship, whether it's your spouse, your child, a, a member, yourself, how much time? Are you willing to put into this? What practices, disciplines, yes. what, what, what patience do you have? I said earlier on, it's not one to lose, it's one to learn. Have you learned anything from the past? Did you learn anything from the past marriage? Did you learn anything from the past uh, uh, fall? Did you learn anything from the past issue? What, whatever it might look like, we all have some type of benchmark that we kind of hold. It's, a, it's what I call scarred hands. We all have scarred hands because scarred hands heal best. Starred hands. You may want to write that down. Starred hands heal best. Got a buddy friend of mine on the West Coast. He texted me earlier this week and said, hey, I'm thinking about doing a new podcast. I said, here's the word. Starred hands with healing with brother so-and-so and so-and-so. Say it again. Starred hands heal best. In other words, we all have something in our yesteryear yes. that should help us become better for our tomorrow. Number one. It requires restoring. True rebuilding, please hear me closely, please hear me closely, requires restoring. I want to give you a very famous scripture we love to quote, particularly among the clergymen, but we rarely practice it. Notice Galatians 6 and 1. Everybody still okay? Everybody all right this morning? All right, Galatians 6 and 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken, and any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourselves, lest ye also be tempted. That's a loaded scripture. There's a lot of ways you can preach that scripture. One of the errors we never really emphasize is the whole ye who are spiritual. Why don't people get restored? Because no one's spiritual. That's right. We're going to find out real quick how spiritual you are when your best friend is going through the traumas of life. Yes. We're going to find out real quick how deep in God and how much you really love God when the closest loved one goes through a fall. Okay? Yeah, yeah you stay, stay with me. And I'm trying not to be one-dimensional with all of this. I'm, I'm really trying not to. You will quickly learn who your truest brothers and sisters are when you've hit rock bottom. Yes. When people are on your payroll, when people are riding on your coattails, when people are using you as a ladder to get to where they want to go, everybody your friend, everybody your boy, go through some trouble. Go through some, or setbacks. Go through a setback, go through a fall, go through hurt. One by one, and my wife said it best, you ain't got to worry about leaving them. They don't leave you. So let's go back to the word. If a man be overtaken in any, not some, 
not the ones that you think that are politically more worse than others, but any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. Here's how you're going to restore them. You restore them by thinking about your own world. You restore them by remembering it could be you. Next. I can't tell you, and I can list names right now. I have visited former mayors in this city while they were in jail. I have visited former bishops and pastors while they were behind, behind bars. I visited some of your kids when they were in prison. I've, grown a, I've driven to Raleigh. I've been down to Meck County many of occasions, the intake center. I've been to hospitals. And I think the looming question was always, why is he the one? I mean, I could, I could call names, three, four, five leaders in the city who've been locked up, hit the plaster of the newspapers. But yet here I am calling on the phone. So-and-so and so-and-so is here to visit. Didn't really have a relationship with him. I really didn't. But I, I would always say to myself, I want us anybody to reach you now. I had a phone call this morning. Just want to reach out to you because then when you are a leader, it is assumed that you're always good. When you're really spiritual, it's assumed that someone's going to be there. But you all don't realize that it's typically those that are the most loneliest. Yes. Because their world tells them, I'm here for everybody else, but who's here for me? That's right. I'm working on another podcast that's going to be entitled, um, I, know, I, I know I'm deviating here, but this one's dealing with culture, uh, cancel, what's it called, cancel culture? So I'm calling it cancel culture is cultic culture. Cancel culture is cultic culture. And I don't care if you're Facebook, yeah, that's right, Twitter, or anyone. You just can't cancel a person because it's popular and everyone else is doing it. You devalue your independent, objective thinking self when you decide to leave because everybody else is leaving. What does the word say? That's right. What does God say? That's right. What is your own heart saying? You'll never know why, because here's what the crowd is saying. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's political conversation, church situations, or your own family. This whole cancel cult culture is nothing short of cultic. That's right. All right? There's a gentleman, and I cannot pronounce his last name. I'm, I know I'm ball hogging right now. Give me a moment. All right? It's, it's not easy to do, and I'm in a vein, but I'm going to sit back and let you just fly with it in a moment. There's a German pastor, 1942. I really can't think of his name. I can't pronounce his last name. But he was a part of the Nazi regime until he independently thought for himself and said, wait a minute. I've met Hitler. I'm a part of this organization. But this German whatever, whatever had an epiphany and a revelation. He ended up getting saved, became a pastor. And for the last 80 years or so, we know him by this famous quote. He said, they came for the socialist, but I wasn't a socialist. They came for the unionist, but I wasn't a unionist. They came for the Jews, but I wasn't Jewish. And then they came for me. And there was no one there for me. The whole essence of that quote was, you got to find something to stand for. And you got to give yourself to being there for people who fall, people who are in fault, because they're going to come for them. Someone needs to be there for them, because that same mob crowd that came for them one day might come for you. But because you were not there for nobody else, there was no one left to be there for you. It takes me back to Galatians chapter 6. Those 
who are spiritual. I could say something right now, but you were swept down. I'm just as arrogant as I'll get out. Let me say this to you. People who are mature, spiritual, and have gone to hell and back know what it's like to stand with somebody when they're going through their roughest moments. Most people who ain't been through nothing, but they're fake, phony, and cute, they'll stand while it's popular, but the first lightning strike, the first distance sound of thunder, they're out. Until they need somebody to be there for them. It is a maturity, like you just said. Amen, Pastor Steve. Praise the Lord. Come on. Praise the Lord. Time is almost up. Praise the Lord. Now listen to me rushing. No, 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 no. You said it. I mean, it is, it is spiritual and mature. I mean, for you not to be able to uh, understand when somebody's fall and, and going through a hard time and they just leave them standing. I think about what you and I went through. It is immaturity. I have people, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable after knowing them for 20-something years could not, no longer talk to me or speak to me. It is spiritual immaturity. Because at the end of the day, we've all gone through something. And I had, had, had a wise man tell me this recently, and he made the point. Was it me? Yeah, you are a wise man. This wasn't you. Oh. Amen. Uh, but he made the point. He said, God has ten commandments. He Who was said, it then? God has ten commandments. I told you about this. Why are you trying to on All right. God has ten commandments. He, talk, he talks about thou shalt not steal, steal kill, mm -hmm. commit. Uh, murder, uh, bear false witness, you should not swear, you should not commit adultery, you should not lie, da 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 da. So he said, if God had ten commandments, why do we highlight one? Why do we highlight two? Like, like one is better than the other. At the end of the day, God's going to judge you on all of those, right? We're going to be judged on everything, but we highlight things. And at the end of the day, if God would, was to mark iniquity, as the Bible says, mm -hmm. who, who would stand? None of us. Iniquity is sins of the heart. Right. It's not outward sins where everybody can see it. But if God was to pull back your heart and put it on this screen, what would it show? What would it show? So when we say rebuild, listen, God's church is for the uh, yeah. When they asked Jesus, I, I'm not going to go there and talk about the three wives. I want to teach this one day if you allow me. Amen. Maybe I'll do it in my small group. But um, when the Pharisees and the scribes, the, the, the religious people of that day, I mean, if Jesus lived the day, I believe people would really stone him. A lot of people in the church would hate Jesus. They would hate Jesus. So they, they asked Jesus, they said, why do you sit with the, the, the tax collectors mm -hmm. and, the, and, the, and the sinner? And Jesus said, those that are whole, you don't, you're righteous. You don't need a, a physician. The sick need to be healed. So I need to sit with the sick. And they came to Jesus. They wanted to be around Jesus because they know he, they, he could heal them. I mean, when we look at rebuilding, I mean, God can use you to help somebody be restored. Right. Amen. Uh, the next number two is reconciled, to be brought back to God, to be brought back to where God has called you to. Are you use, allowing God to use you to rebuild somebody? Or do you walk by and put your nose up like you haven't been there before? Do you walk by when you see how they look and act like you hadn't been there before? Right? So at the end of the day, it says, restore such one in the spirit of gentleness. Realizing that you can fall. So when we restore people, it shouldn't be with an arrogance and a self-righteousness. Sure. But gentle, considering yourself, you, at least you're, you're tempted. Because any of us could fall. 
You know, and I pray for some leaders all the time, Pastor Stevens, because they kill people so much in public. Yeah. I pray for some pastors They wouldn't make it. The then they, then they, they won't make it, and they will not make it. Because, because let me tell you this. We know such a people dig. that talk against people all the time publicly. And I'm like, have you seen these people behind closed doors? How do you know their life like this? They kill people from the pulpit. And I pray for them because I'm like, God, allow them to see themselves before they fall. Allow them to repent before they fall. I don't want to see people fall on their face. Because some of them, like my husband said, they will not make it back. They will be lost. You know, because guess what? They, they think they're on the firm foundation, the rock, but they've been on sand all this time because everything they do is impress people. Everything they do is, is, is to hear the echoes and to hear the rah-rah of men. But what is God saying? What is God saying? So, um, so number one was rebuilding uh, requires being restored. restored. Number two, rebuilding requires reconciliation. And number three is reinforcement. And this yes. is where um, you're going to have to ask yourself the question, am I committed to this? Yes. One of the questions about restoring a relationship is, sister, brother, are you committed for the long haul? Committed. Are you committed? Okay. If you are a parent and you're dealing with a child, now you work child, that child could be two, and uh, terrible twos as they said last week, or 22, or 42. Are you committed for the long haul? Number two, is there communication? Is there quality communication? You can't just assume or think someone knows what you're thinking or saying. No, How are you communicating that? Are you opening your mouth? Are you setting an atmosphere where you can talk? Because we have a tendency to talk at each other yes. and not with each other. We have a tendency to talk really loud, get our points across, especially in the church, but we're not listening. And I think I'll be the first to admit that we all have our seasons when we're doing a little bit more talking than listening. Sometimes the greatest communication out is to sit there and be quiet. It's what they call in the Hebrew community the sitting Shiva. Sometimes you just sit and listen. Sit and listen. And I pray that as we are all maturing and getting older, it's not all about getting our one, two, three points out. As much as it is, I understand what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I receive what you're saying. I may not agree with everything, but give that person an opportunity to vent and talk. Third and finally, is there compassion? Yes. Is there going to be compassion? And this is where we turn the corner here because it's amazing how we want so much compassion from the Lord. But we don't want to share compassion with one another. That's right. My wife hit the nail on the head. You're more worried about what people are saying about you online than about what the Bible is saying, what you should do as a Christian. Exactly. What are my girls going to think? Exactly. What are my boys going to think? What are my friends going to think? Who, gives a, who cares what they think? Right? What does the Bible say? What does the word of God say? In fact, how would you want to be treated? Yes. Now again, I think this message would do okay before the pandemic. When people were still barely going to church often. But what would these next few months now look like? Rebuilding. When we're going to need people like you, yes. who are restorers, yes. who are rebuilders, who are reconciliation-minded, and people who are given to, to, to reinforcing these things that are right. I know our time is up. Yes. Um, we could go on probably part two and part three. But one of the things we both agreed and prayed about, this cannot be about information only. No. We have to have a moment in the presence of God where there's impartation. Now I understand why Paul says, oh, how I long 
to impart some things into you. Some things just can't be given by information only. I think we need to get to a point real quick here is am I willing to forgive? Right. Am I willing to restore? Yes. Am I willing to reconcile? The scripture, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And so these next few moments as we prepare ourselves to close the ministry, we're going to have to go back to those very, very pointed and purposeful questions. Question number one, what challenges am I dealing with in this season? I'll take it a step further. What relationships need to be healed? Yes. What relationships right now? And you know what? Guess what? I'd, I'd be crazy, absolutely crazy to think that there's not one person in this room online who doesn't have a relationship. May not be the same. For somebody, it's a marriage. For somebody, it's an ex-spouse. For somebody, it's a grown child. And you know what I realized this morning? For somebody, it could be you. The greatest relationship that needs to be repaired or rebuilt ain't got nothing to do with man or woman. It has to do with you and God. Would you stand to your feet, please? All over the house. I want you to stand to your feet. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Number one. Thank you, God. In uh, Ephesians 4.32, as we look at compassion, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, uh, in, in, just as in Christ God forgave you. So it said, having compassion to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ God forgave you. So this is the moment for us to look inward and, you know, who do you need to forgive today? Yeah. What relationship yeah. that need to be restored? Is it with your kids, with your siblings, yeah. with your spouse? We can't sweep the... I, COVID happened, Pastor Stevens, because God is... He didn't want us... He wants us to stop sweeping stuff under the rug. We have to deal with stuff. If we didn't, if we didn't deal with things in our home to be closed in like that, you had to deal with stuff. If you wanted, didn't want to deal with stuff with your kids, you had to pause and deal with some things. True, true. And if nothing else, as you stated, we have to deal with ourselves. How am I doing? Am I okay? What in my walk with you? True. So we're gonna pray, amen. One of the things that before we pray, I want to read this quote. And I think it really captures everything you've heard today. It says the trust takes a lifetime to build. And only moments to destroy. It can be mended with commitment, but a scar will always remain. When we learn to forgive, we can wear our scars with pride. And it's the combination of every experience that really makes us today who we are. Amen. Well, my wife and I are tasked and assigned to do today is to really ensure that every relationship in your world is right with the Lord. And before she prays for us, I think there's really a dual message going on right here. I don't know if I can have the best relationship with my spouse 
if I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. Okay? Because we could talk, Dr. Phil and Oprah talk all day long. One thing Dr. Phil and Dr. Oprah can't do right now is talk about their walk with God. And I'm not judging them. All I'm saying is this. The foundation is not with man or woman. The foundation is with God. And before